All right, welcome back to another Player Acceleration podcast. And in today's podcast, we're going to be going uh, over your pathways as a player and your choices that you get to make as you're going throughout your your career. And it's really talking about like what are your options on the way to playing professional? Because a lot of players, like we we talk about about where do you want to be, what are your goals um, in all my coaching, it's always been either I want to play at the highest level, uh, I want to play in the NHL, I want to play a professional. And when you look at like the actual statistical um, data around that, there's a very small amount of players that actually reach some of the highest levels. And there is a difference between players that uh, that climb their way up and the ones that don't. But if you're not aware of your options and your choices uh, and the, the path that you have, uh, then you won't really know other alternatives because for a lot of players, maybe playing in the NHL isn't really the pathway that's best for them. Um, and you need to be aware of some of your your options so that you get set up moving forward. So we're going to get into talking about and sharing with you really some of the perspective that you need to take like when you're talking to coaches when you're talking to scouts, when you're actually choosing uh, the teams that you're you're like looking at playing on, and when like when teams are recruiting you, because there is a mentality, there is a perspective that you need to take, and you don't need to say yes to every single team that comes your way. Uh, but we're going to address that because that's a really important thing that a lot of players go through. They just like they you get excited about a camp invite whether it's through email whether it's through mail whether a coach is uh, uh, or a coach or a scout is approaching you and a lot of times just because that excitement is there players will say yes or parents will say yes and they don't look at the broad grand picture of things where there's a lot of opportunities out there uh, that you might not even be considering but when we actually look at the traditional pathway um, of your choices moving on to playing professional. And when I say professional, this can range. And this is like the end game when you're looking like way into the distance. So it's from NHL to AHL, uh, East Coast Hawk League. There's other leagues in the States. Uh, going over to Europe, there's uh, leagues even out in Australia. There's leagues out, um, and I would imagine, Asia. Like there's leagues all over the world that are considered professional. Uh, But to be able to start making steps into that direction, you as playing as a player playing in North America uh, need to be aware of some of those steps. So when you look at it, uh, if you're playing minor hockey right now and uh, whether you've been drafted in the Bantam draft or not, um, you're moving on to midget um, or U15 or, or sorry, U18. And after that, you have a choice where you can you can make a step over to junior and in most places in in North America, there are two options um, on the higher levels of junior is there's, there'll be junior a in Western Canada, Canada, there's the BCHL, the AJHL um, and then there's major junior. So that'd be the, the CHL and in Western Canada, it's the WHL, the Western league. So after um, a player has aged out in minor hockey. They've gotten to even like 
from 16 to about 20 years old, they can move on to junior. Then once they've uh, completed their, their junior years, that's 16 to, to 20 years old, um, then they can start looking at uh, their next step. And that will be moving on to professional. Um, it could be uh, going on to university. It could be going on to college. And traditionally, the different routes uh, around going to un university or college would be in Canada. There's the Youth Sport League, uh, which is all... I uh, used to be called CIS, which is all the, well, not all of them, but a, a good chunk of Canadian universities or colleges that uh, if you go the major junior rate uh, route there, at least there used to be a set amount of uh, scholarship and tuition that you get paid for. And then um, with the, the junior A route, you can go to the NCAA, play division one, play division uh, three, or you can stay in Canada and look at some of the different leagues. So when you look at it after minor hockey, you look to play, play junior. It could be junior B moving on to junior A or major junior. After that, you're looking at university and then you start to look at what are your options from here. Um, and if you have a representative or if you're doing it on yourself, that's where you start to look to get uh, pro tryouts in, in different places. And there's many different opportunities that you can get. And there's a lot of people uh, that are even like way more knowledgeable than I am on this subject. But um, what I really want to address on uh, today is really talking about like what you as a player or as a parent educating your, your son or your daughter uh, what do you need to be aware of when you're making choices in your career? Because like it, it's a it's a good chunk of your life. You look at it's like hockey. You put a big investment, whether it's financial, um, energetically, it's it's a large investment. And when you're making any decision in life, you you want to stay like very open. Uh, you don't want to close yourself off which a lot of um, players will when, when like laying these platforms or these pathways out. It's like, I hear a lot of players, they'll be like, I want to play uh, WHL or I want to, I want to put, I want to go to university, which means like that they got to go the junior A route or, and, and then go off to uh, look to get a scholarship with NCAA. But when you have a plan in mind, there needs to be a certain level of fluidity, meaning you got to be able to flow uh, with your opportunities and also be willing to seek out different opportunities that are that are out there as well. Um, Jens, I'd be interested to hear your perspective too. Like in hearing, it's like when when someone is just like really looking to to make a decision, it's like, where do I want to be playing in these years coming up? Um, you've dealt with a, a, a large number of players really on the training side, and, and you've seen some players from when they're at a younger age grow up and and become at the uh, play at the professional ranks. And it, it'd be interesting to hear um, the emotional and the mental journey that you've seen some of these players uh, go through. And then also some of the, the pathways that they've, they've chosen and uh, more specifically, like what do you find is really the best attitude a player can take when they're 
starting to go through this process of, of getting to this 16 to, uh, to 20 years old? Well, that's a great question. Um, thanks for having me, by the way. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So I think it's relating to what you said earlier on about keeping an open mind. And I think a lot of times when we have our dreams and visions, you know, I, I trained a lot of players that have gone on to play junior all over and, uh, all over the world and, uh, you know, university and pro in North America and in Europe. Um, and it's, uh, it's interesting. Some of the different things that I've seen, you know, some players I've worked with from a young age on have gone just straight to the NHL. Right. And, um, and some players have that, you know, are working to get to the NHL, uh, haven't gone to the NHL, but actually have had very successful and uh, beautiful lives doing that in Europe and playing hockey in Europe, experiencing the European culture and and having very successful long careers because in, in Europe, uh, hockey players tend to play the game a lot longer there. Uh, the nature of the game is a little bit different there. The ice surface is larger and stuff and it's more skill based and there's a little less. I mean, it's physical. Uh, don't get me wrong, but uh, there's a little bit more space. So uh, the longevity of the game there is something that uh, is it can be exciting for for uh, players that are normally accustomed to playing in smaller ice surfaces here in North America. So, uh, you know, and also going to a different country, learning a new language, you know, being exposed to different foods and it, it opens up. So sometimes, you know, when when one door closes and, and you're so fixated, um, it's amazing how actually you know, that door closes, but, you know, another one opens that's just as fruitful. The only difference is, is that usually people have to go through the experience of trial and error. So if their highest choice doesn't work or what they believe their highest choice is, doesn't go through, uh, then they look at the next best option. And sometimes the next best option actually ends up uh, becoming the ultimate option when you look back at things in life in hindsight, right? Um, so, and that's, I've seen a lot of players go through with that. Like they've gone to Europe um, because they, they've tried, uh, they've played a few games semi-pro and then gone uh, over to Europe and played full pro and have had awesome uh, careers. And um, I mean, I've even seen players make decisions where they couldn't make, uh, you know, BC Junior Hockey League. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know, they didn't want to go anywhere else. They thought, you know, BC, J, let's do this. Uh, but just no teams were interested in them. They go to end up going to Saskatchewan or Manitoba or, you know, uh, Ontario and end up having like uh, uh, amazing, amazing, um, you know, careers in junior hockey uh, in different locations. So I think, um, the players who are really resilient, the ones who don't give up and look for places to play, uh, will actually find places to play because just because your initial choice doesn't work, doesn't mean you're not a good enough hockey player uh, to play on that team. It just possibly means that, um, the alignment of your energy, your play style doesn't fit that, which the coach is looking for, but most players take that as I'm not good enough. So, uh, if we look at it in terms of mindset, right, if, if we know that in advance, then it's easier to make a choice to play somewhere else because we value, uh, you know, you value yourself as a hockey player. And, and if you're coming from a value of what you can offer a team versus, oh, I've been cut, therefore I have no value, I, I can't, then now I have no value. So uh, if this team doesn't look at me and they don't want me, 
probably all the other teams don't want me. But by saying that, now you negate all possibilities and options available to you. But if you come from it with a place of, you know, I have value. I've been cut from this team fine, but I'm going to look for somewhere else to play. And when you when you connect with other coaches, scouts, advisors, whoever you need, reach out to different places uh, and, and then see where the excitement is and go with people who actually want to have you on, on the team and, and really feel excited to give you the ice time and go from there. I've seen a lot of situations where players that I've trained uh, have actually sprouted like it's been a better situation so they've taken a challenge and a blockage and they've had to been forced to make choices that they didn't want to make but it turns out that the choices that they were forced to make like their second best option or third best option end up being really really amazing options to progress them forward um, to to the next level of performance so it's it's interesting you bring that up because I rem it reminds me of um, when I was playing in Langley and I had uh, I played my first junior uh, uh, or junior A year in in Langley when they were the Chiefs and they had just built um, they were in the process of building a new rink so we finished up our season uh, I had my year end meeting with the coach and. He was um, he was really happy. I was playing more of a role player, like third line, fourth line. And he said, oh, I'd, I really want to see you play like uh, uh, more like penalty kill, um, like nothing special. But at the same time, I was finding my way within the team. So moving forward throughout that that offseason, I was really excited to be able to um, to go to the team in the following year because like they had a new rink. This is where um it's currently the Vancouver Giants play out of that rink. And it's like, it had this big jumbotron, really nice dressing room. So I get there to Langley the next year and we're, we start doing camp and uh, I realized we started playing exhibition games and I wasn't playing in some of the games that some of the other veterans were playing in. And for some reason there was this little alarm like that went off inside me where I was like, something's going on here and it doesn't seem right. So I asked the assistant coach, like the, the head coach at the time, he like didn't even talk to me. Like there was no actual relationship with him. And the, it wasn't just that way with me. It was other people, but it's how he ran things. He let the assistant coach do a lot of the the talking, a lot of the, the, the work really. So talk to him and he said, well, we're actually looking to trade you, uh, but there's no one looking for you right now so we're gonna release you and I was crushed like I was like this is the worst thing I had all my friends um in this city like I was uh that in hockey and I, I was like young I hadn't gone through like this uh big of a of a really like uh a heartbreak and I remember going back to my billet house like going for a walk by myself and I would just like um, I was walking through the forest and, and I just started bawling, like just crying and the emotions just poured out because I'm like, kind of like what you're saying. It's like, am I really good enough? Like, what is, what is my value here? Like, what, like, why is, why do they see this guy as, as a better option than me? Like, what am I doing? That's not right here. And the, the individual like thought process is as quite interesting when you look at it from an outside perspective, because you look at like, like 
you look at me, I look at you, or we look at another player, and we're we look to identify the positive aspects in in one another or or another other people. Uh, but then when you feel rejected, a whole string of emotions that are triggered and connected to past events in life come up. And it might not even be related to getting released or getting cut from that team. But when one door closes, just like you said, another door opens. And for me, um, eventually, the, it was Trail, Trail Smoke Eaters. They, they were interested in me. And they said I could come and start practicing with them. And if uh, things worked out, they would sign me. So I, I went to uh, trail. It, they were already a little bit into the season. I was starting to turn into October, but I did my absolute best. I was finishing checks in practice. Like it was probably like a pain for some of the defensemen that were just trying to go through the motions. But I needed to prove a point, not only to the team that I was good enough to be there, but to myself that that I'm going to just give it everything that I could. And I ended up, um, they ended up signing me and I ended up uh, starting that season and played like the majority of the games of that, of that season and trail and, and had a, had a, had a good year and had a really fun time, like meeting uh, new friends and getting different opportunities that came in the years uh, after, but it was emotional and I felt like the value was lost, like my value was lost, but I needed to shift to be able to continue to function because it would have been like really easy to just like throw in the towel and say, I'm done with it. But because of all the energy that I've put in to the past of, of training and, and all the time that, uh, that, that I've spent into it, it wasn't even a viable option. So there was something like within me that was strong enough to be able to continue to persevere and, and move forward with that opportunity. But if I wasn't open enough to it, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have even been on my radar. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful, uh, beautiful story. And, uh, you know, thanks for sharing that because that, that's, uh, that, you know, I, I just went through a little emotional roller coaster there when you, you know, when you got cut, I mean, it reminded me all of a sudden of the days when, you know, when, when I got cut, you know, and everybody gets cut at some point in their career, you know, to some degree. Um, and it's that feeling, right. But then, uh, you know, it's what you do with it after. And, and I have to say that like when, in my hockey career, I didn't have, I didn't have the guidance. I didn't have the, the knowledge. My, my mindset was that I didn't have the value that I, if I got cut, I felt like I wasn't good enough, but deep down inside, I knew that wasn't true. Cause I knew I was, I was fast. I had great skills. I had good vision. I could make good plays. I could make opportunities happen. So I had some, I had value, I had skills and I knew that, but I didn't have the confidence to believe in my skills. And that was the biggest uh, thing um, because, you know, without that confidence, like you can be a good hockey player, um, but a hockey player without confidence isn't really uh, a, a great hockey player. And that's, um, that's uh, in my mind why uh, I probably didn't go as far as I would have liked to, because my my dream was also uh, playing pro, and that didn't that didn't happen. Um, of course, you know 
when one door closes, so many other doors open. And uh, I'm so happy with where I'm at and uh, and what hockey has given me, the, the people I've played with, uh, the places I've gone through hockey uh, and the experiences I've uh, I've gone through has been uh, amazing. I know that now I can speak like that now because I learned through experience but what if we could learn to create the experience, right? And I think what your what this podcast is 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 about, it's about I think asking the question of what are my choices, what are my options, right? Uh, as opposed to um, you know being a victim of of uh, the cold hockey world and being cut and you know. Uh, not being able to um, rebound from that, you know, taking that personally, all those sorts of, uh, you know, awful emotions that come with those things. So had I known that sooner, I could have used that to propel me forward um, and 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 find my options. But uh, this is why it's good to have these discussions, because I think, you know, a lot of the game now that I look at it, um, you know, practicing the game on the ice was easy for me. I loved it. And so does everyone else. But what I didn't practice was the game off the ice enough. And yes, I visualized and I did things like that. But um, what I needed was coaching. I needed proper mindset coaching and I needed uh, guidance. I needed proper guidance um, to someone to tell me to look at my behavior and see if that was helping me or self or if that was self-sabotaging uh, my me. And, you know, and um, and I didn't get that. I didn't learn until after until you know, going through all the, uh, you know, all the, the rejection or all the ne negativity and in, in, in the hockey world. And of course, the same thing applies into other areas of life as well, which is what you said earlier is that we don't realize that, you know, in hindsight, hockey becomes such a small part of our lives. I mean, it's a big part in that it always remains with us. But, you know, we have our whole lives ahead of us. Hockey is, is just played for a fraction of our lives. And there's so much more to hockey. Um, but, uh, you know, I think sometimes we're just so fixated on certain options and we lose sight of other choices that we can make um, related to hockey. Um, so, you know, I think this is what having this discussion is really amazing. And I, I thank you for, you know, opening this discussion up because hopefully, you know, other players, parents, even coaches will hear conversations like this because one of the questions I wanted to ask you is like, even as a coach, like, you know, when you're selecting players, you're, you're making uh, decisions that will affect other players. Some players that you pick will be obviously on your team and other players that you don't pick, they won't be on the team. So essentially you, Josh, as a coach are making those decisions for, for players too. Um, but that's not a bad thing, right? That's, that's just a part of your, your job, right? Yeah. And that, that's, kind of, that's like the point in time, at, at least right now where, where I'm at, it's starting to pick the team and we're going into, uh, to that sort of season and it's exciting, um, because you get to see like where players are at right now. You get to see the different, um, the different spots that they've developed since the, the mm -hmm. year before uh, you get to see it. Like you get to see how they show up on, on the bench, how they work within their team. Uh, if they're like this style of energy that, that they really um, embrace. Cause like you look at it, not everyone is, um, is a loud, like talker uh, leader type. 
and then not like not everyone is a uh, is a grinder that just goes hard and finishes every single check and not everyone is the is the most skilled player that can can shoot like off uh off balance or can find find the net really easily so it's like as the it's, it's like from a coach's perspective as a as a team is looking to be selected it's like there's so many different as aspects that a coach will look at when starting to make those evaluations or scouts will look at when they're starting to evaluate a player. And I was having a conversation with a friend earlier today. He's uh, he scouted for uh, some teams in the Western league. And he was saying how there's scouts that he's talked to is scouted for years, like a lot of years and they can look at a player and within 30 seconds, they form an, an opinion and a perspective about that player. And a lot of the times it can be, pretty like pretty accurate um which i find really incredible because i'm not at that level yet like evaluating is it can be tough because it's like you want to look at at the best that players have to offer and then you need to naturally compare it against the next player that that they're up against and start to see where they would fit in the roster on a team and i think that's valuable to know as a player because like you're like when you go to a camp or you're um, you really have a short amount of time to make a, a, a first impression and a, a really good first impression. Uh, like in, in some camps, it's only like three games. And then, and then the, the coach makes a decision of like whether you're staying or whether you're, you're going. Um, so as you train and as you develop, you need to put a lot of energy into that. And then realize that the players that you're you're going against, you need to offer what you can offer to the best of your ability and not try to be something that you're not. Because when you like fully embrace or when a player fully embraces how they are as a player, you see that and that starts to shine. Um, and I think like as players grow uh, and move on to different ranks, it's like it's, it's important to know your strengths because that's what can really allow you to um, to shine in different ways and show what it is that you offer that is different than the than the player that's next to you. And maybe it's not that you're the most skilled guys guy that's going to put up like uh, 20, 30, 40 points in a, in a season. And that's OK. Uh, that means that you're not having to compete against one of those guys. That means that your competition is different. You got to be the, the the best that you can be in that realm of things. But at the end of the day, as long as you're progressing, as long as you're growing, it doesn't really like, honestly, it doesn't matter what team that you're on when you're in U15 or whether you're, when you're 17 years old, it, it, like it matters to an extent because you want to play with good players that that can lift you up but really if you have that strength within yourself and that uh that mindset that you're going to grow no matter what it it doesn't matter what like what team that you are playing on and i think like i like that the, i yeah. think that's really powerful because now now your uh, performance becomes your determining factor, not uh, and, and and your status, not the um, where you play becomes the you know because you see a lot of players um, you know they they sign big 
big contracts and then all of a sudden they just disappear they're not the stars they're meant to be because you know everything's made for them everything's there's no um but like what but like some players you know it's like you can look it's a perspective of how you look at it you know a uh, pro professional athlete can be uh can can to me the the professional athletes are professional from a young age and now this is going to sound so strange but let me explain quickly what i what i believe a professional athlete is i think the common definition is getting paid for it professional athlete gets paid right um but i think a there's much more to a professional athlete that gets uh that, that, that than just the payment right that that defines a professional athlete professional athletes they do everything um, associated with being the best in their specific profession. So they'll, for hockey, they'll, you know, they'll eat better, they'll sleep better, they'll do all these other things. Um, and it doesn't start like when you're a, a professional, when you become a professional hockey player in the NHL, being a professional starts the moment you lace up skates at five years old or 11 years old or whenever it's your, it's what you're born with. And this, this, this un inhibiting um you know belief that you can do anything and i and i I've, I've sensed that with the players there's just a look in their eye there's a feeling that they come with to their fitness training sessions to their on-ice sessions this this uh focus that they just go about their business and they do their thing from a young age on and and then you have people seeing like you know there's something in this person and and this something that's the professional mindset already at that young age, that determination, that drive, um, that enthusiasm, that excitement to align even at that young age. Because most people, they'll say, well, I'm going to become a professional athlete. Well, when you say you're going to become, you're not already. And if you're not already doing those things now, when are you going to start doing those professional habits, right? So, um and, and a few players I've worked with have had that and they have gone all the way. You just know there's something in them. And so they're going to, they're going to get there. It's just a matter of guiding them and assisting them and supporting them in their role and how they do that is up to them. And you can see that they have it already within them with many other players. It's a little bit different. You know um, it's about finding that level of professional mindset or champion champion mindset you know, within. And, and that's where I think when at an earlier age, um, where we can guide players to becoming more, uh, having a more positive champion mindset about themselves. And that becomes the determining factor, regardless of where they play, but that they play their best doesn't matter if they think they can play Bantam A, and they're playing Bantam B. Well, then if you think you can play Bantam A, and you're you're upset about it why not use that anger or frustration turn that into proving what you can do at bantam b level you yeah. see and then perform at your best you know because so many times i've i've had to talk to people where you know they've gotten cut from bantam a they're now they're playing bantam b there's this one player and um and then, and then even playing Bantam B. Now he was so devalued in himself that even Bantam B he was struggling with and he was not getting the ice time now. So how does that, how does that work? But that wasn't because he wasn't good enough. He almost made the Bantam A team. What was it that allowed him to actually slip even on Bantam B when he could have easily have been the best 
player on Bantam B and maybe even been called up for a few games, which is Bantam A coach wanted to do, but uh, the coach totally uh, forgot about him because he wasn't even getting ice times. Uh, he wasn't even getting a lot of ice in, in Bantam in Bantam B. So that was devastating for him. So, uh, you know, talking to him about the mindset was, was, was helpful, uh, but it was in the following year that he was able to kind of, work through that and it takes time and experience to 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 be able to understand you know how to shift your mindset for some people some people get it like this but uh some you know some people finish their careers and they go oh my gosh if i would have had this if i would have done that right and so well that's where this this this, that's why this podcast is so wonderful because you know what we're talking about we're talking about things in hockey that it are just mindset concepts and, you know, look for choices, look for, keep the doors open. And I think that's a good, good approach to have. And, uh, and when we have that approach, you know, we can still play hockey. We don't have to uh, give it up. Maybe just the way we perceive playing hockey will shift. And that's, that requires a mindset uh, shift. So, yeah, I love what you said there, Josh, about performance kind of, you know, as long as you're doing your best, it doesn't really matter where you play, does it? I, you, I believe you're always playing where you need to be playing. Hmm. You re- really are. And if you feel like you're playing below your level, then you need to light it up at the level that you're at because you're there, you're there for a reason. And it's one year and you'll develop skills that you could never develop when you're playing at a, at a much faster pace. Mm-hmm. And then at the other side, if you've made a higher pace and you're being challenged to a certain degree, then you need to, you need to up your game within that realm. Like there's gold all over. And sometimes we need to open our eyes and just, just see it. And rather than be grudging and um, of what we have, we'd be grateful for the opportunity to play hockey, to meet like new players, meet new people that we would have never met if we were on a, on a different team, be able to develop even leadership qualities that, that you can, you can develop. And I also did want to talk a bit about the perspective of, of, uh, of a player when you are choosing or you are being picked uh, to play on a certain team, because a lot of the times players will um, will get an invite like and back in the day it was like uh, envelopes invites. Now it's like <laughs> emails. Um, sometimes you'll get phone calls. Uh, sometimes a scout will pull you aside and you'll talk and you feel it, that excitement. You feel like that dopamine, that rush because you feel important. You feel like you mean something because you got talked to, you got that invite and someone else might not have. Uh, but a lot of there's a lot of teams out there that that are searching for a lot of players and and doing their best with recruiting. And if you're not being found, you can be your own uh, rec- like recruitment agency where you can go and seek out different opportunities. Um, but then if you have a lot of teams that are that are talking to you as well, and even if you don't, I would really suggest that like coming from the frame of mind of instead of just like if something feels good to be able to go to a certain place that like that's one thing but um if you just got an invite but you really want to be somewhere else 
take the perspective of being the inter interviewer rather than the inter interviewee, meaning you're starting to look at these teams and choosing which one is the best fit for you and you're making the decisions rather than these teams that are also trying to find the players that are the best fit for them. Because then you can come from a perspective of marrying the, the two perspectives. And you can, like a lot of the times, if, um, if you, like, I remember um, there was this one team in a league that I played on, they, they had the most money, they would had the best recruitment and they had the, the best team every single year. And that's because they had this certain energy to them because that they attracted that constantly. And yes, they had the money. Yes, they had the recruitment. Yes, they had all these things you can you can like cross off the list for being the reasons why they are the best. But they also created that for themselves. And as a player, mm -hmm. you can create that for yourself, yeah. meaning you're seeking out these opportunities of like, well, I know that this team has a lot of players that are leaving this year because they just won uh, won the league last year. So they, they're, they're an older team. Um, or you're an older player and you're looking for a space, you can see that this, this team is rebuilding. So you can start to list out and, and seek out these opportunities rather than, uh, just letting them come to you. Cause it's one thing just to be like, oh man, like this sucks of not having these opp opportunities come my way. Um, or I wish, I wish I had something more. And it's another thing to actually like put your energy into something and be like, you know what, what if I reached out to five coaches today, most of their phone numbers are on the team's website or the front office and look to start creating opportunities for yourself. Um, I know players that have like made like a lot of teams doing this exact same thing, but it means that, uh, that you're coming from the, from the perspective of which teams are the right fit for me. Um, rather than just waiting for something to come your way. Yeah. I think that's a brilliant, uh, that's a brilliant point. And, uh, you know, what, uh, what, what I wanted to also identify in the, in this podcast is what you said about, you know, the, the best team creating the best recruitment, creating that energy and attracting that and that the player can attract that as well uh, is that, uh, keep in mind that if you're a player, uh, developing hockey player, young developing hockey player, that um, if the higher you go, the more support you need. You're like all of the most successful athletes on the planet in any sport have an amazing support network around them. Their te their school teachers are willing to, uh, you know. Um, help them with with studies and give them alternate dates to be able to go and play and pursue hockey their parents are always supporting them for the best outcomes uh their coaches always that are supporting them that their trainers are supporting them and what does that do when you have a community behind you what it means is that they when they believe in you you believe in yourself and it's much easier uh, because people are more likely to get, help you with opportunities and, and help you open more doors. Um, and, and when you're acting on that and they see that, you're going to get even more support. Where I find oftentimes the support wanes is when uh, early on, when kids are younger, 
all the supports there, all the supports there from the parents mm-hmm. and the coaches. And all of a sudden, at some point, there's there's something that switches in the parents where, where there's there's that support in the way that the child or the, the, the young developing hockey player needs it. They're not getting it anymore. And so now uh, th- there's no reference. There's no uh, belief because when we look, we look to our parents for everything, you know, we look to our coaches for how, how we model our, our hockey. Right. And so that can have uh, an impact on how we develop as hockey players getting getting older, also how we develop our, our mindset. So if you look at, you know, the people who are the most successful in sports are the ones that have amazing team. And I mean this, an amazing team that supports them when win or lose, uh, you know, fail or succeed, whatever it is. Uh, and, and, and you see that entourage grow as, as they develop. And that's, that's really important too. So keep in mind that the energy that you as a hockey player have can attract that community to, to you. But, you know, at the same time, you, you, you know, you can't think you want the, you know, you want to play at this level, but then, you know, you're going to McDonald's or you're going to, you know, you're not going to get support from, uh, people who are going to McDonald's, you know, you, 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 you know, things like picking up pucks, you know, uh, or, or staying, being the last one off the ice and the first one on the ice, that's showing, that's setting an example to yourself that you want to practice more and more. And other people see that. And when other people see your determination and your enthusiasm, they're going to say, wow, look at this player. You know, this player is special. This player did something that other players don't do. Um, so this might be a, a good scouting report, right? So, but it, it's all in the way you carry yourself. You know, if you're, if you're doing the same thing that every other player is doing, you're not going to stand out. But if you're coming from your own, your own, um, your own inner passion and determination, then your expression is going to come out as unique and you're going to be a unique hockey player and you're more likely going to attract, um, you know, that, uh, that role on the team uh, as, as a passionate player. And I, and I think that that ultimately to me, um, that is success is it doesn't matter what level you're playing. If you're playing to the best of your ability and number one before that is playing the best of your ability usually comes from a place of passion and without the passion and, and how do you force p- passion? You don't force passion. But what you can, what, what usually, if there's no passion there, or if there's a little bit of passion there, it's more aligning with it and just finding it because it's always there in everybody. And it's just a matter of connecting uh, to that purpose, to, to that passion. And then naturally, all of the expression flows in your drills and your skills and your training. It just flows out. It's not something you have to work too too hard with. I mean, yeah, you still have to have a routine, a schedule. Um, but if you look at the best players and you see highlights, it's like you go, oh, my gosh, how did they do that slam dunk? Or how did they do that play? They did it with such ease. They did. They made it look so effortless. And it's like, well, yeah, because they're connecting, they're coming from a place of passion, the highest level of, um, of, of uh, performance is gained through, through passion. And passion gives you limitless energy, it gives you limitless creativity, um, uh, limitless problem solving options. 
And so, you know, learning to connect with passion and directing passion in a way that's productive and positive versus um, unproductive and self-sabotaging is the key to one of the things that we at Play Player Acceleration also help guide players with. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think when someone finds their uniqueness is where passion comes more naturally too. Because that's really like, that's really the goal at the end of the day is if you, if you can really discover like what you bring to the table and discover, and that comes from self, self, self-discovery from looking inside yourself like deeper then that re that reflects and displays in everything that you do not only in hockey but it does show in hockey so then you can really like shine the best that you can you can be because you don't like Jens doesn't want to be the best Josh because Jens can't be Josh Jens wants to be the best Jens just like I want to be the best me and just like how Bobby Joe wants to be the best Bobby Joe. It's like we we are individuals working within a team game, but to in order to like really fully emerge through our passion is is when we'd really know ourselves the best. And 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 that's a really good point, Jens. Um, I think this is uh, this is a really important um, uh, episode for people to listen to because it's like when you're trying to navigate your way through, through hockey, it's challenging. Uh, but when you have the support, that team, like you're talking about that, it makes it a lot easier and it builds that confidence. So I just want to say thanks Jens for, uh, for hopping on once again with me and, and uh, I hope uh, people enjoyed this one. Thanks for having me, Josh. Okay. See you later.